0: There was one occasion where Bartimaeus finds himself finds himself connected to Nathaniel to the point to where they're like kind of one person and they can hear each other's thoughts. And Bartimaeus goes into into a footnote right in the middle of a fight, and then Nathaniel says, Could you please stop that? I'm trying to concentrate.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Sterling Municipal Libraries podcast, all books, where we talk to you about books we'd like to recommend.
2: And Valdemar is joining us to talk about the Bartimaeus series, Bartimaeus. which I'm very excited about because I read it a few years ago and it is one of my favorite series. So. And that is
1: Jonathan Stroud, who is a pretty popular fantasy author. Yes.
2: he His latest is actually for children, isn't it? Something Staircase? Maybe. It's about children that are hired to deal with supernatural doings oh, and yes. stuff. Oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. You- the Screaming Staircase. That's the first one. Yes. Is that? Oh, that's is he?
0: The Lockwood yes. and Cole. Yeah. What? I, yes. I thought you knew that. I had no idea. Yeah, you totally recommended me Bartimaeus because it was another popular one that was written by...
1: I mean, stroke that makes stroke. sense. In the moment, I was probably like the Bartimaeus <laughs> series is really popular and also the same writer. You should read that. But once once I live through a day, my, my brain wipes. It's like a, like a hard reboot.
0: <laughs> so I actually went through the Lockwood and Co, which the first book was *The streaming staircase. OK, uh, good. I went through all the five of those books first and then I was like, man, this guy's really good. What else does he do? And that's when I came across Bartimaeus. Through Which my apparently lo- I recommended. This, yeah, through my lovely girlfriend, Katie, here. <laughs> you're
2: welcome. <laughs> I think this is the first time you've admitted that you're a couple on air, haven't you? <laughs>
1: well, you've only been on twice before, right? Well, we did a couple review, uh, too. Yeah. I think this is number three. Yeah.
0: I did uh, Orconomics, then yes. I did... Oh, we did the couple Gideon the Ninth. Yes.
1: Oh, yes, we did Gideon the ninth. ninth, yes. But Bartimaeus, yes, tell me awful. about it. It's not just a way to <laughs> sing that one song... That about I
0: Queens, about Queen.
1: What is it? Amadeus? Bar- is yes. The song? I keep singing Amadeus every time he says Bartimaeus. <laughs> <laughs> they sound but, very similar. But what is it about?
0: So Bartimaeus, the t- the titular Bartimaeus is a genie in this world. And this uh, this world is similar to ours, but it's like a, an alternate reality where magic exists and magicians are like the ones in charge. They're kind of an oligarchy of magicians that hold all the power. They refer to normal people as commoners and everything. It's, <laughs> it's very bad. But they don't have any kind of power of their own what they do is they use magic and like seals and runes that kind of stuff in order to enslave spirits
1: oh they're like lawyers magic lawyers like get people trapped in contracts
2: basically yeah yeah that's
0: you got in one yeah oh no they game me one so whenever they bind a genie they can inflict pain if the genie does something wrong i keep on saying genie they're, they're different kinds of spirits but i'm gonna be saying genie a lot because that is what Bartimaeus is. He is a mid-level uh, mid-level in strength genie, and the genies themselves are kind of in the mid-tier of the five or six classifications of spirits that they're aware of. Okay. So he's uh, like a
2: nice Toyota.
0: Yeah, he's a nice yeah. Toyota. Yeah.
2: And what's hilarious is, from the beginning, he is bound to this boy wizard, who, and he was expecting somebody a lot more powerful to summon him than...
0: The actual person in charge. Correct. He is first. He is first summoned by uh, an eleven or twelve year old named uh, Nathaniel. <laughs> Somebody had to. W- you have to uh, understand about about magicians is that since being apprenticed and everything, they're like constantly bombarded with that they're the top, they're the bees knees, you know. The country wouldn't wouldn't work without their influence. They're there to protect the commoners and everything. Kind of how
2: I imagine Harvard grads are groomed.
0: Yes, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he has this kind of inflated sense of ego. Yeah, in that one, he's a magician, and two, he's actually very very intelligent he is good at, at what he does that's
1: always the worst when someone with a bat like a bag ego complex is also smart because you're just like i hate you but you are good at your job
0: <laughs> yeah and a, a little bit later another character she summons bartimaeus but it takes her like three years of preparing and, and everything like that without any kind of practice beforehand and even when she does that bartimaeus is still like how did you do this there's no way you could have done this with just that amount of time you know mm-hmm. to which she responds actually it wasn't that hard uh, I think it's because because the magicians control all of the all of the knowledge and everything about summoning and all that stuff but yes I, I kind of went off on a tangent here but sorry yeah. no. I steered you there <laughs> oh no I, I love it I, I love talking I just I want to talk about this book all, all day because it is this trilogy is just amazing
1: well tell us a little bit about what the scope of the series is or even just the first book
0: so the, the book is is a quartet with the fourth one being set a thousand years before the event of the first one which I haven't read yet I haven't read the fourth one so we'll just I'll be talking primarily I highly
2: about... recommend it and then when you do we can have a second podcast <laughs> yes please
0: yeah that would be great so the entire quartet is called the bartimaeus sequence and the first one is the amulet of Samarkand and the the story behind that one is that Nathaniel is is growing up he's a uh, an apprentice at, at the moment under a gentleman named uh, underwood and and his wife Miss Underwood he and again his his master and there, the one that's apprenticing him is is kind of inept. He's not he's not a very good magician just in general. He's like weak and cowardly and everything. And uh, Nathaniel like quickly outgrows him and everything. And you know he starts to again get that overinflated sense of ego. And one night, several magicians come over for a party, and one of them is a gentleman named Simon Lovelace, who is who is considered the most powerful wizard in all of England at the time.
1: He also has a cool
0: last name it is a pretty good it is a pretty good name yeah simon lovelace he he kind of makes a mockery of, of nathaniel so nathaniel tries to uh, attack him like with a with like a minor demon nothing that would kill him but you know something that would put him in his place being a seasoned powerful magician he like like deflects everything immediately and he goes and he summons a demon to literally tip Samuel, Nathaniel upside down and start just them, giving him them a spanking just like in, in midair.
1: That poor demon he's just like I'm so powerful and this is this is what I'm I'm doing. I'm spanking children. Yeah.
0: And that's so crazy because the demons well spirit, they like to be called spirits. They don't like to be called demons. Yeah that, that's on that's me. That's fair. Yeah. That's on
1: you. <laughs> yeah. So
0: the spirits they, they don't want to be there. It, it mm-hmm. actually causes them pain to be in the physical world because where they're from they're all kind of a nirvana like a mass where all their essence is just kind of like uh, all commingled together and everything. They don't even have kind of a a sense of of self while they're in, in that world and that's how they like it. When they get brought in, they have to they have to take a shape and they're made out of, they describe it as essence and the more that they're in, in the world, the more their essence aches and kind of ebbs and, and dissipates, which call, causes them great pain and really diminishes their power. So combine that with Having to do things he don't want to do, which a lot of them are a lot, a lot more morally sound than the magicians that they have to serve.
2: But one thing that I found really interesting about it, too, that paralleled the Wizarding Society was you saw like Bartimaeus has a rival spirit that he constantly puts down and you get the impression that these rivalries happen because they were forced to interact with this world. So it was almost like a negative effect on the spiritual world because of the way the wizards were mishandling their magic.
0: Oh, okay, I totally I kind of wonder like how much of it is them being like cha- uh, chaotic chaotic neutral to like whatever it ranges from. I wonder how much their their evil tendencies are actually them and how much is wh- what they picked up along the way because Throughout in entire human history, there's been magicians and there have been demons, and you know the societies with the with the magicians on top.
1: So when you're talking about like summoning spirits, do spirits get passed around? Like, is it like is it like something like you're at a party, you don't have like a spirit with you, but like you need to put a fourteen year old in his place, so you summon one, and it's just a random one, or they're like.
2: There is the whole convention about needing to know the true name and names having power that you see in a lot of things about Jyn and other spirits. Okay.
0: Yes. That is another thing. Magicians, they have their birth name, which they kind of forget along the way or they they stop using. And then they adopt a, a magician name. Like Nathaniel goes from being Nathaniel to being uh, John Mandrake, but very early on, Bartimaeus actually finds out Nathaniel's like actual name, mm-hmm. which puts him more on an even playing field. Because if if a spirit knows the wizard's name, then they can kind of defend themselves against any kind of punishment that the, that the magician will will dole out on them. Kind of like do a like a, uh, a
1: double reversing.
0: Yeah, yeah, a, re- a reversal. That's literally what it is. <laughs> is a reversal. It kind of makes him a, a bit more equal when Bartimaeus finds out uh, Nathaniel's name. Which I think if, if that didn't happen it would have it would be a very different set of books.
1: Very different, probably yeah. way more bleak B- <laughs> set yes. of books.
2: One thing I really enjoyed, and I don't know if you feel the same way about it, is the book is told in three perspectives, right? is Bartimaeus, Nathaniel, and then I can't remember the girl's name.
0: Oh, Kitty Jones Kitty. Okay, the third one. So Who is great. I love her so yes, much. Yes,
2: she's amazing. So we do have to talk about her. But Bartimaeus's chapters in particular are full of footnotes that are all extremely witty, extremely, like, biting sarcasm that is just <laughs> delightful to read. It, it's like savoring your Best, like, favorite dark chocolate while you're drinking a good tea that complements it. It's <laughs> Perfect. One of the few times when I was just like, oh, my gosh, I have to read every footnote like very carefully. So. so
1: you were saying that you were listening to this in audiobook and reading it like in novel form. And you mentioned something that happens in the audiobook. So describe how this footnote thing works in yes. audiobooks.
0: Oh, gosh. So immediately after a sentence, whenever there's the, the little number to, to dictate that there's a footnote, the narrator will go from what he was talking about directly to the footnote. It was really good, nearly flawless, in my opinion. There was one occasion in the third book at the end where Bartimaeus finds himself a spoiler, finds himself connected to Nathaniel to the point to where they're like kind of one person and they can hear each other's thoughts and Bartimaeus goes into into a footnote right in the middle of a fight and then Nathaniel says could you please stop that I'm trying to concentrate (laughs) (laughs) and it was just the greatest thing ever it was so good
1: I imagine that would be especially funny if you came across it in an audiobook because it's just like the narrator is like arguing with (laughs) himself.
2: and you can tell from Bartimaeus that he's doing it from boredom as well I mean he's been alive and around for thousands and thousands of years nothing really seems new to him so this is how he keeps himself amused while he's he's carrying out mundane mortal tasks it's very fair
0: <laughs> yeah oh man poor Bartimaeus I, I really do love Bartimaeus he's, he's so good like Leslie like was saying he's, he's, so, he's so witty and he's, and he's so sarcastic it's, mm-hmm. it's great like he's again he's like a mid-level in power but through like just being straight up clever he's able to like outwit like foes that should theoretically just be able to like annihilate him with, with like the snap of a finger
1: Mm-hmm. And what about Kitty? You mentioned Kitty a little bit in the beginning.
0: Oh, yes. Kid- Kitty is awesome. So due to the magicians being not very nice, there is a small group of people that are called the Resistance, and Kitty is part of them. Her and the rest of the members, they were born with certain resistances to magic, which is explained later on, I think, in the second book, that whenever these, these magicians have been in power for like, so long, like, anywhere, that the the commoners develop a resilience to the magic that the spirits possess. To the hmm. point where they can see like demons as as they actually are whenever they're they're in disguise. They can sense magical auras, and most importantly, they can tank major a major magical damage that gets dealt. That's what Kitty can do. She can uh, she can like just tank damage without any kind of uh, of serious effects. Aside from, I think the worst was just being knocked out for a bit.
1: And you said that she summons Bartimaeus at one point. Can anyone summon spirits, or is it just like only magicians? They have special. Summoning skills.
0: Oh, anyone can summon. Can summon spirits. The reason that there's an upper class is because the magicians buy children and then they give them to masters who apprentice them and just kind of continue on. The, so it's the more line. of a
1: hoarding of like knowledge. That's
0: exactly what it is. Than it's just, it is
1: actually they're
2: special and gifted.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anyone could do it, but it's uh, oh just them hoarding all the knowledge and mm-hmm. hoarding the power for themselves.
2: Okay. There's yeah. also a great deal of risk in it too, because yeah. if you don't do it properly and you summon a particularly cranky spirit. It, you're going to be very well punished for it
1: okay that makes sense i could see people avo- avoiding just trying it cold without <laughs> without any knowledge if they knew that that was a possible outcome
0: yes and it's always i'm sorry it's always very satisfying whenever a magician like tries to summon something and then they just get they just get gots it's, it's really <laughs> good it happens in 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 the second book Great. It was now, does Santa.
1: Nathaniel slash John Mandrake, do you follow Nathaniel throughout all three books or is he just in the first one?
0: You follow him throughout all three books. In the first one, he's twelve; he's 11, 12. In the second one, he's 15. And in the third one, he is 17, I think.
1: Does he ever improve as a person?
0: Uh, he... Gets
2: I like I um, thought he did substantially because I thought he was insufferable in the first book.
0: He was insufferable in the first book. He gets he, he gets he gets worse and then he gets better. But the weird thing about it is that he's he's still young, so everything they told him about protecting the commoners, he actually does believe that. He does believe that it's for the good of everyone that the magicians are in charge. To make the hard choices, you know? Yeah.
2: Behold the power of propaganda.
0: <laughs> in, yeah, indeed. And they do a really good job of whenever Nathaniel gets just a little bit too big for his britches, he gets knocked down a pig. Very sad, Again, very satisfying.
2: That's good. But yeah, I felt like by the end of the series, you do grow to love him in his own unique way. And that was one thing I really appreciated was you saw some substantial character growth from yeah. him. Oh, 100%. But if it hadn't been for having Kitty's and Bartimaeus' perspectives, it really would have been a very awful novel to read because it was hard <laughs> to read Nathaniel's chapters at first, I
0: thought. I don't know if you feel the same way. Oh, no, 100%. I even went on Reddit and asked, does Nathaniel ever get better? And <laughs> <laughs> It'll change whether or not I
2: read more. <laughs> One thing I love, and it's not going to spoil anything about the fourth book for you, is you do see a lot of references in Bartimaeus's chapters about Solomon and how he used to be in service to Solomon. Mm-hmm. And you could, got this real sense that he had this bond with Solomon. The fourth book is all about that service like you finally get to go back and see it but you can see Bartimaeus reluctantly form bonds even with Kitty and Nathaniel over time
0: he uh, Bartimaeus immediately took took to Kitty just because she's a decent person he never he never straight out Hated Nathaniel, but he he didn't like him very much. Something that is interesting though is that Bartimaeus, his main form that he takes, is that of of a magician that he was very close with named Ptolemy, which he takes a form of, of a small Egyptian boy about like fifteen years old or so, and that's like his his fa- his favorite form.
1: So. From the cover, which looks a little bit like an imp, is it common for spirits to take like human form or they do they all- just kind of do
2: whatever? They do whatever. Okay. And th- sometimes they abuse it. There is one scene where Bartimaeus is in captivity, so he turns into a naked person just to distract his captors. So,
0: yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I yeah, if you can, why not? <laughs> yeah. So each book cover is Bartimaeus, but just in a form that he takes in the course of the book at one point or another. Okay. Yeah, The first one, he takes the form of, of a gargoyle, which is kind of his, his yeah. second most preferred form. The second one is a minotaur that he takes the form of during, during a fight. And the third one is a lioness-headed hybrid type thing. I'm struggling to think of anything else to say. But I don't know. Overall,
2: happened. how was the audiobook
0: narration. The audiobook narration was phenomenal. He was, he was very good. I could not recommend it enough. Like I said, I switched between audiobook and the novel, you know, if I could get my, if I can get my hands on novel for books that I really enjoy, I'll read them. But if I'm, like, busy on about, I'll pop over to the audiobook and just look for the, for the location that I was at beforehand.
2: So I don't know how you feel about it, but this is easily, like, one of my favorite books. I just don't get to talk to very many people about it very often. <laughs> Do you kind of feel similar about it?
0: The entire Bartimaeus trilogy is likely just the top in the top at least 20 books of, of That's all time. Of how that I, I read. feel about it, it too. Was so good. Yeah. It was so good, so fun. <laughs> the characters were great.
2: Even the way the magic was like the concept of it was described was good it felt solid without having to require too much explanation i'm too impatient to buy into really heavy fantasy stuff mm-hmm. but i didn't feel like the buy-in was that difficult or long okay. before you got like to not, the action
1: not so much world building that you
0: get tired of the. the yeah
2: especially since it is rooted in some different myths and fairy tales yeah. and stuff that you know already exist in other cultures
0: mm-hmm Mm -hmm. okay yeah and like it takes place like it's modern too like they have computers they have cars and everything oh wow oh yeah big time i was just expecting everyone
1: wearing like little capes and top hats just walking around with their with their spirits
0: Bartimaeus actually makes a joke about the ones with like the top hats and the capes being like nothing but uh but like really weak and just wanting to look the part posers yeah posers (laughs)
1: That
0: makes sense. He's he's especially snippy about uh, magicians that have the the long white beards. I think one of them was like someone walked in and was like, oh, this one looks looks exactly like you would expect um, a wizard to look like. So obviously he's not very strong.
1: I found the same thing happened with Lockwood and Company. I started the book thinking that this was like the early 1900s England. And then I was like, what do you mean sweatshirts and trainers? Like, oh, my God, is this modern? (laughs) (laughs) And it's just I think part of it is just like the type of fantasy that Jonathan Stroud writes is very like it feels very lived in and like old and like old timey. And then you realize like, oh, no, these people are walking around with their like fancy newfangled devices devices. T- they're taking taxis places.
0: <laughs> Going back a little bit to, I guess, the British Empire and everything in there, it, it is very interesting because until very recently, about 130 years in their timeline, the center of like magical society and magical aristocracy was Prague in Czechoslovakia. Before that, I think it might have been Egypt or something. Mm-hmm. It, it, it doesn't it doesn't dwell too too deep, but it talks about Prague a lot, talks about Egypt a lot. And of course, it talks about the time it takes place in, which they actually do say uh, it is... It is like the early 2000s. The last book takes place in 2005.
2: I never would have guessed.
0: I, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> even the illustrations for the book do make it feel like it's kind of, I don't know, like 1900s. Yeah, of.
1: like the cover of the book, for some reason, even though it is literally just the face and like an amulet, I'm just like, ah, that's the face and an amulet of a creature from the 1900s.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, you're not wrong. Like all, all the names of the spirits that they, that they use are like based off of. Of spirits from actual actual cultures and everything, you know they have imps. I actually wrote it down here: imps, foliates, genie, effrites, myriads and the greater spirits, which a few of them pop up here here and there throughout the.
1: Are they like the kind that pop up and they're like bigger and shinier than everyone? Like, ooh.
0: Yes, uh, they actually associate like several disasters to to someone messing up the summoning of a greater spirit.
1: That makes sense. I was immediately imagining Princess Mononoke, like the the forest spirit. I was like, <laughs> mm, majestic, also can kill everybody.
0: <laughs> yes, I think Bartimaeus mentions that about about one one spirit that they mess one spirit that comes out later on that when they they summoned him, he sank all all of Atlantis. <laughs> And then Nathaniel was like, what's Atlantis?" And Barmese was like, exactly. Exactly.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for bringing this book. I know it's an older book, but it made me really happy to finally be able to talk about
0: it, too. (laughs) It's so good. If you're listening to this, please read this series. It is so much fun.
1: Oh, Also, it's his birthday right right now when we're recording this, so you have to listen to him. Mm -hmm. You have to read the book now as a birthday present.
0: By law, you have to read this book.
1: Yes, by law, it's, it's illegal not to read this book now. All <laughs>
2: right. And, we'll be shunned. and stay tuned next week for more fantastic book recommendations. Bye. Bye.